0: Greetings, welcome, and good day. You are now tuned in to the fifth episode of the Season Vet Podcast. I'm so happy you can make it to another chapter of the show. This week, we're joined by a Coast Guard unicorn, but to be fair, she did start her military career in the Navy. (laughs) This Lieutenant Junior grade has experienced a career that most of us can only dream of. Her first commanding officer was a black lady, and her Coast Guard journey was set from there. Starting with her first unit, she was able to build a village of mentors because she was immediately met with guidance from people who care about her. And it's because of this village of mentors that she was able to take advantage of Coast Guard programs that led her from being an E4 to an O2. Her story reiterates not only the importance of having a village, but also the advantages of having one. Her story is so unique that it reminded me of a Langston Hughes poem. And that's why I had to name this episode. Life for me HAS been a crystal stair. <laughs> Welcome. How's it going? Great, great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So, first things first, what is your connection to the service? What branch did you join? Uh, how long have you been in? Do you have any family in the service?
1: Uh, I joined, I'm in the Coast Guard. Whoop whoop. Um, Come on. I hit 11 years this summer. Nice. Um, no family in the service unless you count my, count my wife. But other That's than that, we have family. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we are uh, first generation uh, coast, uh, military members. So.
0: Right on. How'd you even wait? Nor- normally, uh, when people uh, join the military, they're surrounded by like friends, family they like grew up with. So like, what was your exposure? What what put you onto the uh, military?
1: Oh man, I was just trying to get out of Miami. <laughs> let's Take it back. Born and raised in Miami, Florida, and I was just you know once I graduated high school, I really had no direction. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to go to college. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, immigrant parents, so right from on. Central America. I knew they couldn't afford to pay for college. So I was trying to figure out something to do. I actually joined the Navy first. In, wow. the, in the reserves, yeah, and I thought that they paid for your school. Yeah. And I realized for reservists they didn't they don't really pay that much. It's not the same. All right. Right, right. She got me. But I didn't realize I was going to love it. I think what happened to me is even though I joined the reserves, Mm -hmm. I deployed right away. Wow. And I went and did a tour in Afghanistan, and I didn't realize I was going to love it. Loved it. Yep. And I came back, and I wanted to be active duty, and I called every other branch, and they were like, oh, we're not taking prior service. Coast Guard was like, we'll take you today.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, That response is a lot quicker nowadays. Uh, We down bad. Yeah. We will take anybody. It, you look a v- very young. We, we're taking up to, I think, 42, but that's mm-hmm. every uh, branch. We're taking up up to age 42 nowadays. So that's what's up. Navy first, Coast Guard second. Mm-hmm. All right, I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> Next question was going to be, uh what, what branch of service was your first choice? It sounds like the Navy was. The Navy
1: was. <laughs> the Navy definitely, definitely was. I think uh the Navy just appealed to me. I kind of really didn't you know, being being in Miami, really, there's a lot of Coast Guard presence because you know we're doing all migrants down there and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But um, I literally researched. I think the Air Force was was a good choice, um, but I ultimately went with the Navy, and um, I don't regret it. I was a CB first, so I was in a construction battalion. Wow. Um, I've never been. I didn't. I never was on a boat until I joined the Coast Guard. Um, so we flew everywhere. Wow. I got to fly in some pretty cool planes. Um,
0: and that was pretty <laughs> interesting. So. So how do you feel about your time in uniform so far? Does any particular time period stand out?
1: Oh, man, I'm a lifer. I really am. The military is for me. I would say my experience is not really like most people because I've been placed in situations where there was quite a few people that looked like me. Um, Right on. That's luck. Yeah, I've been pretty lucky. (laughs) Um, I think there's a few periods that stand out to me, but mainly my, my boat. My first boat as a non raid was I was on the bear out of Portsmouth, Virginia. And it sucked. <laughs> yeah, non raid, and I was a non raid at 23, I believe. And I was like, I don't want to do this stuff. And, um, and I that was a, right after
0: the Navy, too. Yeah, and I
1: was a fireman, and my MK3, he was like, Cash, go get rated. This isn't a real Coast Guard. You're not going to be doing this stuff. And I was like, okay. Um, Somebody had to push you into going to A school. No, it he, I think he had to push me in the stand. Oh, okay. at that point, I was okay. like, man, forget this. <laughs> man, <laughs> I've only been in for like a couple of seconds at that point. I was like, it's easy to be like, I'm out.
0: Right. But Nothing he was is. like,
1: man, go get rated." He was like, go get rated. You know, this isn't a real Coast Guard. You know, go do a job. Go do dead. a job. Yeah, like go do something. And then, then you know, holler at me and let me know, you know, what you
0: think then. So, Oh, that is not to, uh, to imply that our non-race are unemployed. They are heavily employed. Human beings—they're hard-working people. <laughs>
1: yes, please. My—it sucks because we're, they're doing the jobs that nobody wants to do.
0: That's it. Yeah, so, that's it. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, so I looked and I was like, "All right, what what can get me off this boat the fastest?" You know? <laughs> and I looked in the ET rate; they were moving. So yeah. Put my, put my name back then. You had to wait six months to get qualified. Yeah. So I waited. My I got qualified. I did all my uh, pracs, and then they let me put my name on the, the ETA school list, and I was out of there, and like three months after that. So I only spent like nine months
0: on nice. Underway. Um, I mean, that's still sea time, right?
1: No, it did, it counted. It definitely counted when we were, <laughs> when it came to pick time. It definitely See? counted. So I think that was my first introduction to the Coast Guard and to really people, how how important it is to have somebody that look like you. Yes. That's, that knows like,
0: look me, Jack, relax. You know
1: what I mean? So the
0: MK that was pushing you.
1: He's black. black oh, girl, right
0: there. now? Yeah. That's what's up. Um, Rich, if you're hearing this,
1: um, <laughs> shout out to you. <laughs> I still talk to him to this day too, but but yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> How do you think your experience could have been improved, or could it have been improved? It sounds like you've uh, had, had a couple I, of good times. I've
1: had a, I had a good, I had a few good times, and honestly, like the whenever I was in like bad situations, I was fortunate, like I said, to have people that looked like me mm-hmm. that were able to to navigate me through those things that I was going through. So I, I definitely think representation matters. In, in that, that regards, I, I wouldn't be here had it not been for people. So you had a village. Yeah, I do have a village. Right on. Really.
0: And you keep up with them.
1: Absolutely. That's Absolutely. absolutely. Um, one of my best friends, um, I met her in the Coast Guard. Right on. When we were right in ETA school. Uh, she was going through
0: Yeoman School. Right on. Boop, um, boop. Come on, Yeoman. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Can you tell me about a time when you experienced something, either good or bad, that you know to be unique to you because you're a black woman? either good or bad I, I
1: wouldn't say maybe not good or bad but neutral I know hair thi- hair is a real thing yes in the Coast Guard mm-hmm. um, and for women especially black women they really don't know what to tell us and I remember when I was in uh, I was in New Orleans and I was growing my hair out so I had it in a protective style to oh. where it was like box braids mm-hmm. and I had it in this big bun and my supervisors <laughs> uh, bless their heart you know I ain't mean nothing malicious but they were just looking at me like wondering number one if, if it's in regs number two am I allowed to wear it like that so just having to navigate that.
0: No, and, there's books for that. They they were looking. Yeah. At, no, they were looking at you and making uh, observations and what they. There are books for that. If they so, w- if they wanted to know, they could have done their research. Yeah.
1: So navigating through that and then having to being now I was enlisted back then and then going to, you know, my boat as an officer and watching like females, just regular ponytail because yeah. the Coast Guard now you're allowed to have ponytails. Right. Right. Um, but because ours, it's like you know. It's like a little rabbit tail, little little bunny thing.
0: They don't know what to say, they're like,
1: hey, you gotta put that up, that's not the regs. And I'm like, I I literally had to print out the regs and put it on the board. And and here's the thing, she's
0: allowed to have this. Look, if you can find what the the doggone regs regs are, why couldn't they? They're just pinpointing people and bullying them, it looks like.
1: So navigating through that, you know, hair thing, hair is a real big thing. And then for me, trying to hold on to as much of my individuality as I can. It's like, you know, being in the military, they want everybody to look the same. Right, right, right. You know, you always got to do the same thing. So, I try, I try as I, as I might until somebody's like, all right, Cash, you can't do that. Then I'm just like, okay, right up." <laughs> and I have these flat earrings. Like, they're like, they're studs, but they're like flat. So, I'm like, all right, cool, I can wear them. They're round. They're like a circle. And then every, every time, they're like, man, you can't wear that. And I'm just like, all right, cool. You know, but. You know, I just try to, like, hold on to a part of myself, you know, just to remain, like, as much as me as I can,
0: so. Right on. Yeah. Right on. While remaining within regs. Yes. But. Even though you're the only one reading the regs, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> At this yeah. point, you could just start making up your own regs. Yeah, but. I can start making up stuff, man. <laughs> uh,
1: funny thing, man, when I was in A school, I cut my hair into a mohawk. And the way he cut it the first time, like, you couldn't even tell it was a mohawk because my hair is curly. mm mm-hmm. And then some of my counterparts, we all went because they thought it was the coolest thing. You know, obviously they, they didn't look like me. And then he cut our he cut a hard triangle in the back of our heads. And oh. their uh, class advisor saw it. He just made us all like snip snip it all off. I was just like, man. Wow. Yeah. So no, I do try to try to push the limits a little bit. But.
0: <laughs> I mean, well they they're pushing it by pushing preference instead of policy. Yeah, you know
1: what I mean. I'm just like, I, to me, I just feel like stuff like that's crazy. Yeah. As long as my members can show up and do their job, I don't care what. You can right. dye your hair green, I don't care.
0: Right on. What's really important here. Yeah. <laughs> when you bring complaints up to your chain of command, or when you brought complaints up to your chain of command, did you feel heard?
1: I did. I think I, I was very fortunate to, like I said, man. I, I And not everybody I worked with that, were, were, that looked like me, but I think I, I was just fortunate to be put in situations where people do listen to me. Um, and I think it's because of the person I am, my my character, you know, I'm not just complaining just to complain. But whenever I bring, like, complaints to them, it it seems to be like, okay, we need to, we need to look at this. Or, maybe you know, if this is a unit thing, is it a you thing? You know, maybe we should have a sit down because maybe more people are feeling the way you are and nobody wants to say anything. So I think every time I speak, you know, at least somebody tries to listen.
0: Do you feel that that's more so now with your new rank than it was when you were enlisted?
1: I th- uh, yes, I would say. <laughs> now you have them bars. A lot of people tend to listen to you <laughs> versus when you were uh, when you're when you're enlisted. Like, as an Et Three, though, I don't think I've I had like many issues that I needed to bring apart. Um, unless it was like to like I was trying to like say something was like you know prejudice or something like that. They try to stomp those kind of things out. But I think when you do have rank. Um, people tend to listen to you more. Mm-hmm. You know? And hey, I'd be lying if I said I I became an officer because I be the change you want to see. No, it was definitely for the money. But <laughs> the uh, rank definitely helps make change. You know.
0: And now that you're in somebody's chain of command, do you feel like you're a better uh, member of of their chain of command than you had in yours?
1: I think I am. You know, I've had some pretty good leaders in my in my chain of command, and I think the, the leader that I am today, I try to model after them. Like I said, going down to my first unit out of A school was as an ET3. Um, my CO was black, so. Wow. I black female. I went wow. Go, went down to New Orleans. What? Yeah. So, I, I've always
0: had, like. Who the hell gets that lucky? I don't know, Just man. Just you. It, this is a. <laughs> Whoever the divine. Hey, this is a seasoned vet exclusive. Yeah, let
1: tell you, like, um and sometimes I feel bad, you know, because I listen to other people's stories and I'm like, man, my experiences is just not like that.
0: Um, my family not has to, been a crystal stair. Yeah, and
1: not to discount <laughs> jokes on you, Langston Hughes. <laughs> and not to discredit, and because I know that there are there are definitely black females in the service that are going through way worse stuff um, that I have the experience, but. My experience has definitely been, it has been far different. And that's not, not saying that I do some crazy stuff on my own to jeopardize my own career, because I, <laughs> I was young and dumb. But I had those um, sisters that were, that were, let me take you under my wing, because you need some guidance. Nice.
0: Um, but yeah, nice. Sure. Nice. Oh, that's actually a good segue to this next one. In the beginning of your career, when you needed guidance and mentorship, were those resources provided or did you have to seek them out?
1: No man, uh, those resources for me were I provided. Like I said, um wow. I was at Young ET3.
0: Come on, Crystal stare Yeah,
1: man, and I was like my first meeting with my CEO. Like I said, black female. I went to I her am her in office, office by the way. Went to her office and I was she was like, "Cash, what do you want to be?" I was like, "Oh, man, I want to make chief. I want to be a warrant. Um I want to go, you know, do 20 years <laughs> in the Coast Guard. I want to be enlisted. I love it here. I'm gonna get warned. She was like, Maybe you wanna be an officer, you need to come over now. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> talking about And she was like, You need you wanna come over now? This is Santa third and um she was like these are the opportunities that you can do, look into them. Mm-hmm. Said, okay. One of my supervisors in my chain, he was a black lieutenant. Come on. Um and he sat in man many times in his office, sat in there and he was like, Cass, let me talk to you about money. I know I know how to talk to you. She was like he was like and he started literally breaking down my retirement, what I could be making, mm-hmm. um, and this, this, that, and third. He was like, Go back to school. I was like, Okay. So, signed up for an associate's program okay. on Thomas Edison Online, using my ET credits and this and that. Um, I, I was in their bachelor's program, sorry. And he was like, Cash, get your associate's. I was like, Why? Everybody wants a, their bachelor's. You know? He was like, Something happens. You get out of the postcard. You never know you have at least a degree to fall back on. Right on, right on. Roger that, sir. I called my advisor, and I told her, hey, I'm in this bachelor's program, but what can I do to get my associates? She said, she looked me up. She was like, if you take these three classes, you can have your own associates in, like, six months. So yes. I said, okay, bam, I'm going to do that. Literally, like, a week later, they had a presentation on c spot, And <laughs> I was like, man, it sounds interesting, but I was like, I don't know if I qualify. This is third, And um, Mr. Harrell, he was just like, uh, apply. He was like, the worst thing they can do is tell you no. I was like, okay. Put an application once. I didn't get it. My CO looked at it. She was just like, Cash, we're going to apply again. I was like, okay. <laughs> we applied again. I got picked up on the second time. Come on. So, um, I've actually, three of my mentors that I have now, um, I met at ESD New Orleans. Two of them were stationed there. And then one, my CO put me in contact with. And like, to, to when you like, your mentors really become your friends because she's really, I've, I've been almost commissioned for four years. She's mm-hmm. been my mentor for the last four years. She's still in? Yeah, she's, soon, she's getting ready to retire soon. And so I'm like, damn, hey, I'm getting old. But um, they raised me up. Um, I'm about to meet lieutenant now. And um, nice. I would not be where I am today without them. So
0: I was going through some
1: stuff. Oh, so, my goodness.
0: Yeah. You got a unicorn story. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad we're talking. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy how good your career has been so far. How mm-hmm. good your story is so far. Like, this is...
1: And this is not to say that I this was... This is refreshing. But, <laughs> it's not to say that I was never the only. Because in my ETH school, I was the only female, only black Lord. female. There's 20 <laughs> of us. So it's me and 19 guys. And, man, those guys are like my brothers, man. It's okay. like for our class picture, they have me in the middle, and they all centered, <laughs> centered around me. So um, I, I've been surrounded by some pretty good people in, the, in the Coast Guard.
0: I love it. I do love it. Good segue to this next question. Uh, I think you've kind of answered it. It is uh, – have you been able to make friends with other black lady veterans? And are you purposeful about building your village? I, I think we've, yeah. yes. Oh, <laughs> the answer is yes. And
1: yes. <laughs> yes.
0: All right. Miss Cash, tell me a war story.
1: I'll tell you, I'll tell you how I even became like, even made it to OCS. Like I literally was in debt, like $60,000 worth of debt. Did you buy a car? Uh, no. This is I, just life. I wish this was just life. <laughs> <laughs> You're uh, just kids, having fun? There's hope here. Yeah, <laughs> you, Not even early 20s cash. Like, let me see. We, you were an adult? It's like 27. I was 27 racking up debt, man. This like, is a student loan debt? Making poor choices. No, I was in c spot. The Coast Guard was paying for my degree. Girl, 60K? 60 grand.
0: <laughs> 60 grand. Did you just hate good credit? <laughs>
1: <Is that> no, <laughs> I didn't. Man, it, she it said was. that
0: 800 tough. is for the birds. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to fly.
1: <laughs> so. Sixty grand in debt, not knowing how I'm gonna make it. First of all, I'm not even knowing how I'm able to pay my bills, like because my car note was five hundred bucks, you Christ. know, you know, and then paying on all these bills, like Navy Federal, bless them, <laughs> <laughs> they will continue to up your limit and give wow. you. They gave me a twenty thousand dollar credit card, and I had already what? owed them $50,000. grand. Yeah, am on. So shout out to Navy Federal, man. <laughs> y'all be holding us down. <laughs> They're like, yep, rack up them debt um so yeah i mean trying to pay because that was like 500 trying to pay because i maxed it out um so my mentors you know what i mean they came they were like one of one of my mentors today uh lieutenant commander elmore she we sat down in her office man and she was just like cash let me tell you something she was like if you make it to OCS, she was like you ain't gonna have no fun while everybody's while everybody's going on going out on liberty you tell them good luck have fun she was like because you now, you dug yourself to this hole. We're going to get out of it. She made a debt plan for me. Come on. She, she, we sat down, and she was like, this is what you're going to do. You're going to save your money. And every debt you can pay off. Yeah. You let it sit in your account so you're used to having the money, and then you pay it off. She's like, start with the smallest one, and you work your way from there. Um, got to OCS, met one of my closest friends I have now, my homeboy. He was stationed in Hawaii. We took the two billets out of Honolulu. He went the deck watch officer route, and I went to the engineer. Got cool with him, cool with his wife. He was like, "Look, Cash, we'll rent you our room. You know, you pay us whatever you pay us, not less than a grand
0: nice. for the room
1: in Hawaii." And um, in
0: I, Hawaii,
1: in Hawaii, less than a grand he, that he rented me his room from because they knew what I, he knew what I was trying to do. You know, so How do you keep running into these unicorns, yeah, man. I rented, I pay, I rented a room from them, and I'm talking about by the time I left there, I had one debt left to pay off, sixty grand. Now I think about it now, and I'm like, I could have had sixty grand. but um it was it was was just a blessing so yes it is definitely possible thank god for all these people in my village and that's why that's so important to me because i they literally took the time to invest in me um because she she didn't have to care because during that time right and during that time i had told my car told my uh equinox um and that's
0: where the debt came from no
1: not even there no I was already in debt, but I totaled it and it got rid of Were that. Were you eating
0: red lobster for breakfast? <laughs> no.
1: What the hell? Um, <laughs> I totaled it and it got rid of that five hundred dollars car payment. And my uh, oh, congratulations! My best friend, the one that made a school, <laughs> she was like, "Cash." She was like, "It sucks, but you gotta it as a blessing." She was like, "Because now that's five hundred dollars, you don't have to pay no more." And I bought me a, like I bought me a little beater. Okay. Um, so I didn't have a car note, so I was able to keep my head above water. And right on. Maybe through OCS and then went on to Honolulu. Yeah, and I'm up and paid less than a thousand dollars for rent and was able to pay off sixty thousand dollars worth of debt. That
0: is unheard It's insane. Of.
1: Like yes, I, half of the time, like I show people my uh, budget sheet because when I'm telling you the story, they're like, "There's no, there's no way you just met somebody in OCS and they let you just stay in their house." And I'm like, "No, I can call him up right now and he'll tell you." You can't
0: Airbnb a room <laughs> in Hawaii. I'm for telling them. you.
1: Yeah, but man, those people are my family. They're like my Yeah, brother, they would be my family too. My brother, my sister, I talk We to go into
0: all the reunions. I
1: talk to him on a daily basis. We have friends vacation with him and his wife. We we all him, his wife, my wife and her cousin, we all went to the Dominican Republic. Like forever my family, man. My village is people that they become my family. Because I was down bad and like to even make it here to where I'm about to be a lieutenant is like I have to think about all these times where I
0: didn't know I was gonna make it. Do you feel that the way you have been treated has improved with rank?
1: Oh, for sure. <laughs> Not saying I was uh, treated poorly as a um, ET three. I wasn't. Like I had blast down at New Orleans. Um,
0: yeah, about sixty k worth of blast.
1: Yeah, I did. I had a lot of fun down there. Uh, <laughs> those guys are cool, you know. Um, but I think people look at you differently. You know, you do come come across some of those uh, airheads who uh, who feel like you know you don't deserve to be in there. Branch or they say they say crazy stuff like the only reason you know you're an officer or you, especially when they find out you came through C SPY is because you're, it's because you're black.
0: You know what I mean? They really think affirmative action is just like affirmative actioning. It, it is not.
1: Until I start talking and then you realize oh I have a degree in electrical engineering and it's just like ah yes sir I've been I've done some things yeah I've been to Afghanistan have you? <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, but I think being an officer number one not only they, it, it commands that respect because they have to respect your rank. But mm-hmm. once they see see my ribbon rack, now they're okay. Like, all right, hold on. She's done some things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that's more where the respect comes from is that I've been enlisted before. You know, I right. now I'm over here on the officer's side. So they don't look at me like I don't really know anything and I have to salute. You know what I mean? But I do take joy and solace in those people that are airheads that they still have to bend that 90 degrees. And they <laughs> right, <because> I, <laughs> right on. It's definitely a little different in the wardroom. <laughs>
0: I love it. Love it. You got some street cred. Has there ever been a tough situation where another sister helped you out? Oh, oh. yeah,
1: my 60K. That
0: that situation there. Or a situation where you were able to help another sister out. For
1: people helping me, it's, there was definitely the 60K. Because yeah. my, my village at that time were nothing but black women. Come on. And black officers, at that. come on! Yeah, you know all these all these women that were in my life trying to help me were all they were black women. Like like, and it was just like Cash, you can do it. Like you, you can make it. You know, and my uh, one of my mentors, Lieutenant Commander Elmore, she was just like, look, if, all just listen to me. All you have <laughs> to do is listen to me, and I promise you, we're gonna gonna, gonna get out get out of that. So. That for sure. And then now, like, you know, once you come across people and you meet people and they realize that, you know, I'm, I'm relatable, yeah. you know, I start getting these mentees and people requesting to talk to me and and my advice and stuff. So I think I take pride in that. Um, I don't know if I'm able to help anybody yet or, you know, I've told my story a million times, so maybe somebody out there in the future will be like, hey, I'm just you don't know, but help me out. But uh, so far, I just, I've just started to get a little mentees that, are, that I'm trying to help you know, either become officers or just see them through to boot camp. Um, and I think I definitely value that more than anything.
0: Right on. I love it. I love it. Okay. Tell me something you wish you had known before joining the service.
1: Well, before I joined the Navy, I wish I would have knew, known a little bit more about the educational part uh, than I did. Um, I think that probably would have deterred me a little bit or not. And then I, I wish I would have known about the Coast Guard before I joined any branch. Um, I think this has been the best experience for me, and um, I think this is the best branch that I could have ever been a part of. All of my opportunities that I've had, um, I'm, I'm on my third degree now, all paid for by the Coast Guard. Come
0: on. Yeah. Get it. So you would have joined the Coast Guard first. I would have joined the Coast Guard <laughs> first, yes. A QR of uh, 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 advertisement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me about a time you learned a lesson you weren't ready to learn. In life or just in the Coast Guard? Either one. Dealer's choice.
1: Let's go with life. Let's get it. People out there, you know what? Well, this applies to service members, too. <laughs> a lot of us get married young. We get to A school. We meet these people. And we're just like, oh, man, this is great.
0: Hold on. She's saying the story right beside her wife. Yes. <laughs> so I just want to know where this is about to go. <laughs> um,
1: because I was married before.
0: Oh, okay. Yes.
1: <laughs> I think choosing your partner is 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 the most valuable lesson that I can ever have learned, and I learned that the hard way. Okay, that's where the sixty grand came from, oh, guys. Okay, all right. I was married before, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's where that came from. Wow. So I'm so sorry I chastised you. Yeah, I mean, I was out here being reckless, making twenty year old decisions. No, I was. I was out here making dumb decisions. Um. But I think le- learning learning financial literacy is important. I think that's very important. Um, we all make jokes about the non-rate who graduate boot camp, and they go out and buy a Mustang, and you know Don't she has a Mustang me. outside. Don't understand. judge
0: me. I, I'm not in the mood. For you. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> they
1: go buy a Mustang, and they're just like, yeah, but it's just like, yo, <laughs> you can't afford this Mustang on a non-rate salary. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I think I, I that is one <laughs> valuable lesson with money that I learned the extreme hard way because I. My goodness. I didn't have fun for like a good two years. Um, because I was trying to crawl my way out of debt. <laughs> and I'm twenty nine, almost thirty, learning this hard <laughs> lesson. I'm just like, what am I doing with life? So when I met my wife who had it all together at like twenty two. Come on. I was just like
0: Responsibility.
1: What, what was I doing? <laughs> when I'm telling her these stories, she couldn't believe it. You know what I mean? Because she was just like, Bro, I'm like all I have is my student loan debt and that's before she joined C SPY, so That made sense because she was already, you know, trying to get her degree before the Coast Guard came along. And I was just out here, no, I was out here buying bags, Birkins, (laughs) charging it to the (laughs) card.
0: Buy now, pay later. Way later. later. uh, With interest.
1: Financial was my hardest life and military lesson that I had to learn. And man, it came at me hard. When I was actually trying, when you're trying to do something and you realize like, oh, snap. I'm about to be an adult here. I gotta get it together. I'm about to be an adult here. <laughs> I feel like I didn't really like, grow up until I turned 30. <laughs> Once I turned 30, a switch flipped and I was like, mm, I'm an adult now.
0: Congratulations on hitting adulthood. <laughs> Thank you. We are all proud of you. <laughs> <New years removed. laughs> oh, we actually answered this one. Uh, do you feel that you're a better leader than the ones you grew under?
1: I think so and I think that's what you want right when Absolutely. you're yeah. I want somebody to come along who worked for me and then and I see them and they're doing so much better than I than I could have done because that means I'm leaving the service better than what I found it right on so I, I, I definitely think that's what my mentors and leaders that's what they would want
0: that's what's up you better leave your mark <laughs> are there any sisters in the service that inspire you they could be active retired dead whatever yes there's actually a, a few uh
1: captain cunningham she's retired um she was my co at esd new Orleans, definitely an inspiration right on um just to see her because i knew she was at et3 as well before commissioning yeah so just to have i've had a lot of tangible tangible things um uh, miss wolf she just made mate captain another one of my mentors i Get met at esd new Orleans. um lieutenant commander elmore i know she's getting out now she's still in and then uh, our Captain Zeta Merchant, man, she is an Get inspiration it. to us all. I don't think if, you, you, if you're you living under a rock, if you're in the Coast Guard and you don't know who Zeta Merchant is. I
0: love it. Hey, she's getting patted on the shoulder by her wife. <laughs> her wife is chuckling extra hard over here. It's a good day. Let's say you were just starting your life on your own and you were presented with the chance to join the service for the first time. Knowing what you know now would you join?
1: Oh, absolutely. I would join feet first, drowning and all. (laughs) I definitely would. I love, 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 love the military. I believe it it provides so much structure for me. Uh, It gives me a routine, the benefits in it, and I've met some of the greatest people that are a part of my village because of the military.
0: I love this response. I love this story. Come on. So I, I think I already know the answer to this next one. If you had a daughter or oh, any <laughs> or any young impressionable black girl in your life that you cared about, and she was considering a life in the military, would you try and talk her out of it?
1: Absolutely not. <laughs> um, my wife, yes, maybe we talked about that with our kids, but that's one of the conversations that we have where we don't would dis- we don't agree. I want my kids, our kids, to be in, in the military, and she's just like, ah, if it's. Why their they going get the GI Bill? Thanks to you. Yes, <laughs> and her. <laughs> so, but she's she's just like, I mean. If it's their choice, and I'm just like, I just pray that it's their choice. I just, because, you know, we're already going to start them off, you know, better than our parents, you know, started us off. And that's what our parents would want, right? So they're going to have everything that they need and desire. But the military also gives you that freedom, you know, because now I'm not there to wake you up and say, hey, you know, you didn't make your bed. All right, go catch the bus. I'll make it for you. You know what I mean? You have to, you're on your own. You're going, you're getting to see you know other countries that maybe we haven't taken you to yet you get to live in some of these other places and just be around some really great people not saying that you're not going to be around some airheads but you know for the most part um hopefully we would have taught them how to weed out the good people from the bad people but I think that being in the service you have you create some of the greatest bonds some of the people that you can depend on like My my homeboy, I was saying, I live with him in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. If we're planning a trip, there is not a second that I can't that I won't think that he can't go, or that he'll tell me he's going (laughs) and now I have to cover his part because he ain't gonna be able to make it. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's just like you know being able to make those connections and meet those people. I think that you know they can't. They will definitely
0: benefit from being in the military,
1: but I also want them to go to HBCU too. So
0: whoop whoop! Yeah, come on. Howard, TSU, Spellman, Morehouse, yeah. let's, let's get it. Yeah.
1: Hampton, Virginia State, because that's where we're from.
0: I mean, whatever. It was cool. <laughs> I'm from Texas, so I, I go up for- Go Trojans. I, I go up for TSU and uh, Prairie View. Recruitment and retention is down across all the branches mm-hmm. and with all the demographics. Black women are not excluded from that. This was true even before the pandemic. Why do you think black women are so disinterested in joining the military?
1: I think the military is just unappealing sometimes, man. You can't—I can't get my nails did any color I want to. Um, I can't have my hair how I want it. You know, got like somebody telling me what to do all the time. I get it, girl. You know, you gotta—it's—it's it's tough.
0: I so, hope you get roasted for this black scent you tried to pull off.
1: <laughs> I do. It all the she time. tried it,
0: y'all. She tried it.
1: <laughs> so uh, I think that aspect of it, when you're just trying to have little things that are your personality, you know, you may not want to have like a. Full set, but you might want to have one nail that's like pink, in my favorite color. And it's like, yo, I can't, I can't even do the simplest things. And then, like, when you're trying to have a family, most women I talk to, they think that they can't have a family and be in the military. They can't have kids, they can't have, they can't have a husband, or you know what I mean. They have to be the one who sacrifice, you know, if they're married member to member. You know, they can't do mm-hmm. the jobs they want to do because somebody got to stay home with the baby. Um, I know that's a topic of discussion for us. When we're trying to trying to have a family. We're two black women, you know, in in the same household, and, and it's like okay, thank God she's day to day, and just like you know what I mean. I want to maybe I'm in, maybe I'm out, you know. But if she was just like, nah, man, hey, I want to do twenty two, and I and I want to take a job out in uh, Alaska because it's I'm a response officer. It's benefit for my career, and I'm just like, well, you know, I'm cyber and Intel, you know, I have got to be over here in D.C. So. Right on. Thank, thank God we're able to to navigate that to where we don't have these issues. But I think a, a huge part of it, aside from the... Now, I was joking, guys. Don't... I was joking about the hair and the nails. But I, aside <laughs> from that, I think the biggest factor is that w- women want to start a family. And they feel like they have to sacrifice their careers in, in order to do so. They feel like they can't have both. So I think my... and me telling my story, I, I always tell people, no matter where who I'm talking to... I go out and talk to high schools and they have those same concerns.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They don't want to be separated from their families because maybe they're military brats and they see that you know, their dad's been away, they don't want that for their kids. I always tell them I'm married and I tell them I'm married member to member and we make it work because I want them to understand that it's doable, that's it's possible. You can have a career and you can have a family at the same time.
0: All right. Okay. Miss Cash, if you were conducting this interview from where I'm sitting... What question would you have asked you that I did not ask you?
1: What would I ask me? Well,
0: I don't know. I think we pretty much uh, hit on. I think I had actually I, I had a question and then I lost it throughout.
1: The- <laughs> um, I, but- I stumped her, y'all. I got Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think no. I think you. I think you asked all the questions that I would ask ask me.
0: Well, I would have asked about the uh, sixty k, no,
1: but I, you covered it. You, no, you hanging. went
0: all the way over. Like you, you covered yourself. And I am once again sorry for uh, trying to roast you on that, man. man now I feel bad.
1: Being <laughs> just reckless, <laughs> buying a Maserati, in <laughs> the afford it. It's like, yo, are you
0: eating Red Lobster every day, every meal? Nah,
1: man. I was Cheddar Bay biscuits are not that ramen, good. Man.
0: <laughs> okay, well, is there anything you would like to leave our audience with? I would say, hey, if you're if you're really thinking about a career in the military, do your research
1: and add the Coast Guard into your list. I know what other people. The Air Force is sexy. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Navy, man, even the Marines get looked at before the Coast Guard. And I'm just like, man, we're out here, we're out here, we're out here, and we're we're creating quality people, quality officers. Um, definitely give us a look, give us a give us a shout out, and please, please, please get yourself some mentors. Right on. Create you a village you're yeah. not gonna survive without one. Hey,
0: Amen. You did that. Hey, thank you for uh, thank you for showing up. Thank you for sitting down and talking to me, and. Uh, I have never spoken to someone with such a really good experience. Like you crystal stared and unicorned it all the way through <laughs> your career. Um, and I, you, you've been put in some really good positions.
1: I was. With I some think Some really I... good people. I was I was pretty fortunate. Um,
0: yeah.
1: I would say that, like, my story, it's not like I, if whatever you believe in, if you believe in God or an entity, whatever, I, I have to believe that there's somebody above looking out for me because, the, like, I didn't choose to go, I didn't want to go to ESD New Orleans. It was in my top five, but it wasn't my choice. I wanted to go home. I had, like, three Florida picks on my list, Key West, Miami, or Mayport, and I was like, for sure, <laughs> I'm going home. I was like, let's go. I'm I'm going to go back home and then, I got my orders and it said New Orleans I kind of went kicking and screaming Um, (laughs) but it was all of my opportunities came from there and um, I have to believe that somebody knows better than me because every every unit I was in every path that was laid out for me led me to where I am now even my current unit now I did not want to be there I came (laughs) kicking and screaming not saying that there's anything wrong with the but there's nothing wrong with it but it was just like I was I was in Honolulu, my wife, we weren't married at the time, and she was in Texas. And I was like, Pfft. come on, Texas. I was like, yo, we can buy a house in Houston. The market's great. There's no way I'm coming off of a boat overseas that they're not going to send me where I want to go. Yeah, you know, I got an email, and the detailer said, you know what? We looked you up. So, your degree, your background You should be ET. I think these jobs will be perfect for you. Oh um, man, it was a short list. <laughs> it was a short list. Twenty-four picks. So they were like Lieutenant and uh, Lieutenant JG Billets all in the C5 ISE realm. Like so all ETIT related stuff. Wow. And I love it. It's great. You know.
0: That's what's up. So Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the season Vet. Y'all have a good one now. Peace. Bye. And that concludes the fifth episode of the season Vet podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. And a special thank you to Miss Cash and her Village of Mentors for making this interview possible. Now, if you are or know a Black Lady veteran who would like to sit down with me and be a part of the show, please email me at seasonvetpodcast@gmail.com. At or you can call or text message me at 713-254-0970. You can also find follow and inbox me The Season Vet across all platforms of social media at RealSeasonVet on Twitter at vet Podcast on Instagram, at SeasonVetPodcast on TikTok, at SeasonVet on YouTube, SeasonVet on Facebook. Y'all, I'm so out there, I'm even on Spoutable. That's at the Vet on Spoutable. Now, if you like what you heard, please like it, share it, rate it, and leave a good review on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And if you're hearing this episode on the day that it drops, and you're listening to it on the 14th anniversary of former astronaut Major General Charles F. Bolden Jr. becoming the 12th administrator of NASA after being nominated by President Barack Obama. And if she were still alive, today would also be Diane Carroll's 88th birthday. Thank you again for tuning in, and until next time, Fallout.